everybody and welcome to another episode of the Tabletop Inquisition podcast. I'm Antoinette and this is... Oliver, hello everyone. Merry Christmas to you all. <gasps> Isn't it a bit early for Christmas talk? I think we might as well start early this year, given everything Ooh. that's going on. Let's get yes. into the Christmas spirit now. And then <laughs> at least we're having a bit more fun and festive feelings and yes, positive please. feelings and all that. I think we could all do with a bit of that right now. Yes. We? Have you put your tree up yet? Or is it too soon? Um, not yet. Not yes. yet, but we will do probably very soon. I think we're 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 already there, getting getting things mm-hmm. set up and yeah, getting the lights up and just getting a bit more yeah festive as well. Um, I've already actually baked some Christmas biscuits the other day, or rather, Ooh. our daughter made some well gingerbread dough really. So um, she she made a few, and then there was lots of dough left. So one lunchtime, <laughs> I got the dough out, got the oven on, and I started cutting, you know, rolling out the dough and cutting out the different shapes, and I thought. This reminds me of my childhood. We used to do it every year, you know, the Christmas wow. cookie baking session in, in my household. You know, that was always something. So I thought, oh, this, this feels really nice. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> Did you make any meeple shapes out of your gingerbread? The important question. No, I didn't. I went for ah! traditional. Um, well, it was we had some Christmas bunnies. <laughs> Uh, of course, as you do, because yes, that's you do love Christmas, your maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we had holly leaves. Oh, Gosh, very yes. Festive. I like that. So, have you got any Christmas decoration up yet or anything? No. I, I did, however, buy a Christmas bauble for my tree, and it's got a pair Ooh. of magpies in it, and I'm kind of obsessed with it. So, it's like two for joy. Aww. Um, the idea to yeah. make for joy. Um, so hopefully I'm going to put up my Christmas tree this weekend. But it's unusual in the sense I have a very small Christmas tree. It's about a foot tall. And <laughs> the only decorations on it are things people have gifted me. So this is the first time I think I've bought oh. anything for the tree. Um, so I have <laughs> some <tree>. really <laughs> lovely things. I have some like teeny tiny penguins my friend Anna got me. Oh. And then last year, um, another friend of mine got me these lovely little cutouts of my dogs with their names on them. Um, oh, wow. So they're on my tree as well. So my tree is just this mishmash of stuff from other people. So I kind of <laughs> like it. Um, and this year, of course, now I get to add my very special Christmas bauble. So I'm Super, feeling a little yes. bit of the season, just a little. That's the first time I've ever bought a Christmas ornament. <laughs> nice. So That's yeah, good. I get That's into good. the mood. Getting into the spirit. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm hoping I'll put up the tree at the weekend. It's practically December when we record this. So I always think yeah. once December hits, oh, no holds barred. I'm sure Mariah Carey is playing somewhere about Christmas um, yes. already. If the shops were all open. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see, we'll see how, how that goes this year. But yeah. So do you have any plans for Christmas? What are you going to be doing, Oliver? Um, other than making well, delicious cookies. I'm very jealous. Yes. I, I think we, we need to make more cookies because they're all nearly gone now. So um, that, that'll be one of the things we'll be doing. But yeah, Wonderful. I think this year is going to be a bit different. So mm. obviously we don't really know what's going to happen. Every week is different. We we yeah. don't know. But normally we would go to church like on Christmas Eve and do the, like, the family service and things. So I don't think that's going to happen this year. But I do think, and I already said to my daughter, maybe there's something on telly that we can watch that gets us into that sort of spirit on Christmas mm. Eve. She yes. didn't like the idea, but um, I think we'll <laughs> see. It depends how, how it is. Sometimes it can be a bit tacky and maybe it's not right. But if we find something nice, we'll, we'll do that. Um, other than that, I mean, up till then, it's sort of work trying to stay on top of blogs and things and hopefully getting ahead so we don't have to do anything over the holidays. <laughs> and then for Christmas Good itself, luck. as I say, we would normally meet up with family. But... 
again depends on what the rules are i mean the government is thinking about allowing people to meet up i don't know yet so it's mm. it's one of those weird ones it might be just my wife yeah. our daughter and i just at home um obviously normally we do it on christmas morning unwrapping presents by ourselves anyway it's yeah. just the rest of the time we'll we'll see maybe we can go mm -hmm. for like a walk outdoors and and then maybe meet family yeah. that way so that That's i think good. that might be the best way of doing that mm. How about Excellent. you? What are your plans for Christmas? Have you <laughs> planned anything well, yet? Or are you just going to see um, how it comes? Well, the way Ireland is going at the minute, we're just ending our second lockdown. Um, so mm. it looks like they did that in the hope that we, everyone would be able to buy loads of stuff for Christmas and go out and meet people. And then there'll probably be another lockdown after Christmas if that's the way yes. things are going to go. Uh, I think this is pretty much already scheduled. So it looks like things are going to be kind of normal-ish around here. So maybe... I'm still not, you know what? I'm still not certain about meeting people because you really, I don't know. I don't. I would hate to be the person that made somebody else sick. So I, I'm very cautious about mm -hmm. that kind of thing, especially um, my husband's parents, for example, who'd be a little yeah. bit older, and I would be terrified for to give them something. They're normally the people we would see on Christmas Day. Um, and yep. then we normally have friends around on Christmas night to play board games. I think that's still going ahead um, as far as I'm okay. aware. But um, like Christmas wise, I think it's going to be in my house will be lots of games, probably lots of food and TV. Um, kind of a lazy Christmas, um, kind of as normal. You see, most most of our life is spent just kind of solitary anyway. So we're not um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. not out and about too much. So we're not missing out on a lot. Um Although it would be nice to see some people. Even I am going a little stir crazy at this point. But Christmas I think will yeah, just yeah. be will just be nice and kind of fun and easy and lots and lots of games. Um so yeah, so speaking of kind of Christmas and you're talking about unwrapping the presents, what would you like mm. to find under the tree this year, Oliver? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't have to be question, a board game. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um it is quite mm -hmm. tough. And my wife said, What would you like for Christmas? Because um, you know, as I said, um before before we started recording that i've bought quite a few games now and um mm -hmm. got some kickstarter deliveries as well so got um, alicad games uh kitten and um tinder blocks delivered mm -hmm. so that's you know that's there i've bought a copy of fort as well Ooh, and nice. um got a delivery of under the falling skies a review mm -hmm. copy or um so yeah there's like lots of games already there so i don't think i would want a game i don't know i think it would be just nice to have some some little presents i think that's what we'll be doing yeah. buying each other like little presents yeah. you know nothing mm -hmm. particularly special than as an expense of anything but just you know something little some some sweet surprise something you know i was going to say maybe we can i can take my our daughter into town at some point and do a bit of like a christmas shop together and we'll probably usually spot mm -hmm. like little things we can buy it might be like you know soaps or something like that oh, um okay. just little treats so how about you have you got something you'd definitely want to have under the christmas tree this year <laughs> um i'm the sort of person that's already like spent my christmas present once maybe twice <laughs> so if i oh, got wow. anything on christmas morning it would be um a miracle but um unlikely no so there's a, there's a couple of things i, I, I really wanted that i kind of i already got this year so like we got a new sofa for a sitting room so that was kind of a big a big deal. So we didn't buy board games for a, a month or two to try and balance that out. And yeah, I like 
I think I have some uh, I have some equipment I think coming for my birthday, um, which is soon enough as well. But otherwise, yeah, no, I've gotten tons of things. Um, I don't really need anything else to be very honest. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like <laughs> I don't know. See, this is the thing, right? The last two years, um, this is actually the same thing has happened where I was like, I don't really need anything for Christmas. I got a lot of stuff, but my husband did surprise me with something on Christmas Day. Yeah. He's the kind that believes in surprises. Whereas I was raising the family Good. of I've traded in my gift already so because <laughs> i needed something <laughs> uh, so like the first yeah, yeah. two years ago he got me drop mix so this is the very cool board game in which you mix music that so you play cards and yeah, it plays musical yeah, sounds yeah. and i the, the best part about that present was i'd mentioned it once or twice that i'd seen it but that it was yeah. kind of too expensive to buy and forgot about it but he had obviously heard yeah, yeah. and then remembered so i think that was the best mm. part about that and last year i got surprised with a copy of vindication yeah. which is which a much bigger surprise. I was not anticipating that yeah. at all. I'm like, what did you do with this? Um, and I spent ages trying to guess what it was from the shape of the box. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. So this yeah. year, I'm not anticipating anything. Absolutely nothing. But we'll see what happens. Because I'm sure you still get a surprise somewhere, even if it's a small surprise. It sounds like he's going to come up with something. <laughs> I don't know. I think he just likes surprising me. I think that. I think that's the yeah. point. But I, I don't think we really need any more board games this year. There's been a. I've had a lot of board games lot. come through my mm. hands and are currently in my house that um, all need playing and, and replaying and dealing yeah. with. Because even I am at the point where I don't think there's a board game I would actually want for Christmas. I think I, I'm like I've had enough. There's lots, yeah. <laughs> lots of things already here. I think we're good. So yeah, so we're good. Um, yeah. it would be fun. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens. But um, I doubt. I doubt I'm going to get anything. I don't think I really need. It. <laughs> We'll, we'll see. Say. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll um, find out. As I say, probably a little surprise would be nice. And as I say, just being being with your loved ones, I think for Christmas yeah, is the best exactly. present anyway. Exactly. Just having a nice time together. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, well, shall we then move on to the main oh, yeah. topic, which clearly mm-hmm. is Christmas, and yes. talk about um, that? I'm not going to reveal anything. So, <gasps> meet us out at the, on the other side of this music and um, <laughs> yes. enjoy the Christmas music. I hope you enjoy the Christmas atmosphere that we've been <laughs> trying to convey here. So, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> see you on the other side. <laughs> Okay, so this second section, we've decided to do something really fun and festive to match this joyous season. So myself and Oliver are going to tell you about um, the 12 games of Christmas, um, which yeah. I think we're, I think the idea behind this is that these are games that we would like to play at Christmas, um, maybe yeah. receive at Christmas or think that are particularly appropriate to Christmas time and fun yeah. about that. Yes. What's your What's your list like? How did you go about making your your twelve games? Yeah, I think what's there's a there? mix of games that are sort of Christmassy, but I think a lot of them are sort of family minded as well. So the games mm-hmm. that probably the whole family can play, and that are just yeah fun to play. I think as well. So there's I don't think there's really any sort of really thinky, strategic, you know, <laughs> complex <laughs> game in there. Um, yeah. I'm just I was just looking through the list. I don't think so. A lot of them are really quite straightforward, bit of fun and, and so on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, have you have you approached it the same way? 
kind of. I, I originally thought about stuff that I would like to pull out over Christmas. There's something about Christmas time that you have a little bit more time maybe to play games. And sometimes you'll have different play groups to play with around Christmas that you yeah. wouldn't normally yeah. have. So mine are definitely kind of fun. Some of them are a little bit bigger or longer maybe than you would have normally had time for. And then there are some kind of quick and small things as well that you might have with your cup of coffee in the morning or maybe if you're hungover after too much Christmas cheer. Um, so I have a bit of a smattering of a couple of, of different things. But yeah, that's how that's mm. how I was thinking about my list. I was imagining what you might want to play over the duration yeah. of Christmas, I guess. Um, something like that. Mm. So the big question cool. is, what order will we do these in? <laughs> do we start at 12 and go to 1? Um, or do we start at 1 and go to 12? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we could just sing the song and go, you know, on the first day of Christmas. Day of Christmas um, Christmas. I'm not going to sing anymore. <laughs> I don't like singing either. just read it. I don't mind. Maybe maybe we should do that. Say on the first day of Christmas, and then but, but then mm-hmm. if we do that on the second day yes. of Christmas, we obviously have to do the second game the second and then the and first, then the game, first again. game. Okay. Yeah. So okay, that seems fair. Shall we do that? Shall we give it a go? Yes. Who wants to start it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll make a start and let's, okay. let's get it out of the way. So <laughs> on the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me many rounds of the crew. <laughs> Okay, that was my really <laughs> terrible attempt. I don't know no, how much longer I can do this. <laughs> your, your, yeah, your voice is good. Thank you. Yeah, the crew, um, if people follow me on Twitter, probably have heard enough about it by now and <laughs> don't Never. want to hear any more. But the crew is a trick-taking game and it's the only cooperative trick-taking game that I know of. Maybe there are others. And trick-taking games normally are sort of a mix of cooperative. So you quite often play in teams other you know, a couple of you against one or equal teams or whatever. So if you think of bridge, I think there's two against two. A couple of German games, there's just one against two or again, two against two. And yeah, I think trick-taking for me has a lot of nostalgia because as I grew up in Germany with trick-taking games. You know, I think I probably started to learn shuffling cards at like six years old or something like that and then started playing trick-taking games maybe at eight. I don't know. I don't know the exact ages, but quite young. And it's been sort of part of my life growing up until maybe after sort of uh, school um, you know stopped playing card games a, a lot and then yeah recently I thought well you know I'd like to try this again and teaching trick-taking games I think is quite hard and learning it is quite hard but the crew I think does a really good job because it's cooperative so you're not supposed to talk during the game but as you do when you learn a game you do talk about it so if you play the first few hands maybe on the same mission there's sort of like 50 missions in this even though you don't have to do them all in sequence but they're, they're really good actually as we're playing through my wife and i are now on mission 25 out of the 50 and you wow. do learn different things that are actually really applicable to then competitive trick-taking games as well the classic ones so it is really good but yeah because you're playing co- cooperative you can obviously talk about it and say oh you should have played this card because i've got this card and you know so really good game if you are interested in trick-taking and, and learning trick-taking games then the crew i would highly recommend if one of you already knows trick-taking then that's great introducing others to it if none of you know as i say you are learning together and i don't think it would take long i would say after an hour of playing this game you probably have enough of an understanding to then just start playing you know properly without communicating and then you learn more as you go along so the crew is uh, probably the game i would play on the first day of christmas the second third and all the other days of christmas as well <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that is my number one Christmas Ooh. game. <laughs> 
other thing to know uh, about the crew is that I think even if you don't, if you're not as big into trick-taking games like myself, I'm still very curious to try the crew. I just like the idea of it okay. being cooperative. I think that's kind of yeah. that's kind of a cool thing, isn't it? And also it's the fact that you're going through all these different missions, right? You're progressing as you play. So I think and, that's kind of yeah, cool, and because a lot of um, cooperative games obviously have the problem with the uh, alpha player, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, the, the uh, <laughs> quarterback and things. But because you're not allowed to communicate, yeah. you take that out of the equation again. So once you've sort of learned how trick-taking games work and all the mechanisms and things, then when you actually play it for real and don't communicate, no one can basically tell you, you should play this now <laughs> because you're yeah. not allowed to communicate. So that that's the other positive there. That's so pretty yeah, cool. Really cool. All right, um, here we go. Um, <laughs> on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a copy of my city. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Yay. Um, this is one of the few times in my board gaming journalism career where I can, without a doubt, say what my number one pick of anything is. Ooh. And this is definitely my number one pick for Christmas game. Um, it is outstanding. I have not been as enthralled by a board game as I have by this one. Um, wow. So, my, my, yeah, the, the, the big praise for me. <laughs> so um, <laughs> my city is unsurprisingly a city building game in which you have pieces of those polyonimos or those Tetris pieces and you fit them together on a game board to cover up as much as possible of your kind of your starting um, area. Mm-hmm. And how it works is that, so yeah, you place out all these pieces, but there's a whole series of envelopes that you open after you do each kind of um, level and each time it'll do something different with your city so you might have additional buildings you might have different ways of scoring it might you might put stickers down on your board and change some things um and the game takes about 20 minutes to play it takes no time to set up and it sounds very simplistic i guess it is but there's something very cool about how it's put together because you have the same pieces every time you play so you're trying to you you're trying to feel out where the pieces need to go but um they'll be revealed in different orders for which when you play them and it it sounds very static but it's it's so interesting and because it's so quick you just want to keep playing it again and again yeah. i played the game like four times in the first 24 hours of trying it um it is also a fantastic family game because there's little to no rule book you learn the rule every time you open an envelope it adds something right. else for yeah. you to do so you don't have to read a rule book at the start everybody has their own board and you get to write on it and you'll be adjusting it and doing things in the nature of a legacy game and yet it's just this really simple i'd nearly call it a filler game um i i'm knocked over by it i think it's fantastic and that is absolutely the game i want to play all over christmas um so much so i'm already like i kind of wish i had another copy so i could start again so that you know i can i can do it all over (laughs) so i'm super excited about this one i think if you don't know what to get yourself for christmas that this is definitely then my this is my pick hands down so there you go, my city. My city. <laughs> so you said it's it's like a legacy game, so you can't yes. really replay it easily, or mm-hmm. you do have to buy another copy, or how does it work? Um, there is a final board site to your board at the end, so you can play the game after you finish going through um, okay. kind of all of your adjustments and things, which is nice. I haven't gotten to the end yet, so I'm not sure what happens there, but I already feel like I've made a right. bunch of mistakes and I wish I could repair them. It's like there's something <laughs> okay. about this game uh, that reminds me of of Lignum, actually, which is a game where it's up to you to the answers right in front of you if you could only put it together correctly, because it's all about human error, because <laughs> it's you have to sit and watch your own failures unfold. In 
front of you because you know there's no one to blame but you <laughs> so it's, no, yeah. it's, it's, very, <laughs> it's, it's heart-wrenching but it's fantastic um so yeah but so it's an unusual wow. legacy game to be so light um but i think it's brilliant so all right let's cool. hear what your second um game of christmas is <laughs> right i'm gonna try and do this in song form again so deep breath <laughs> in deep breath <laughs> On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me two games of wingspan and many, you know, I, still, I can't sing those, and many rounds of the crew. I don't know how I should have, yeah, I think <laughs> I got that wrong, but oh, you get the idea. Grand. I need, I need to improve that on the, on the next one. So yeah, so this <laughs> one is Wingspan as the second game of Christmas. And again, people have heard me talking about it a lot. It's got my golden award for the year as well. When you know, I did a t- tabletop top tabletop games blog, um, you know, game. So it's it's yeah, Wingspan uh, is one of those games. I think that I always say is is probably quite complex in a way. It's not a completely light game, but it's one of those games I think that leads you through. So even if you haven't really played modern board games, I think you can learn it relatively easily because you start with some cards, you start with a certain resources, you're trying to build a tableau and you really, you know, you will know if you want to play a certain card, you need certain resources. If you don't have them, well, you need to get the resources first. So it, it sort of guides you through it. And then once you've played a few times, you work out what tableau building is and the dice rolling part of it and and, and the you know bonuses and things, then you probably, you know, get into it and you maybe build a bit of a strategy. But really it's it's beautiful to look at. As I say, it's relatively easy to learn because it guides you through it. And you can play it f- for different reasons you can go for nice birds that you like or you can go for the points and play it competitively or whatever it may be and i've played it dozens of times with my wife with family with friends and everyone enjoyed it for a different reason which is what i think is makes a good game that you know everyone can get something different out of it and everyone can enjoy it rather than it's a specific group so yeah, Wingspan, you know, is mm-hmm. still, it's not my number one anymore, maybe, but <gasps> it's certainly high up there on the list for, and certainly for Christmas games, because it's one of those games you can play in an evening, uh, you know, easily, maybe a couple of times even. And it's, yeah, it's just fun. Wingspan by, obviously, Stonemaier Games. Do I need to mention it? <laughs> <laughs> and the lovely Elizabeth Hargrave, I think that's probably the other, other thing to mention. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously illustrated beautifully as well. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that's my second day of christmas <laughs> well i didn't put wingspan on my list because i knew it would be on yours you would be on mine yes <laughs> easy, but i agree i think wingspan's a great game to introduce to people especially people mm. who haven't necessarily played games or a lot of them before it makes a lot of logical sense and it's beautiful mm. and it's different you know so wingspan yes. is always yeah. one of those standout games isn't it yeah yeah um especially for christmas yes <laughs> okay <laughs> so how about your second day of christmas game <laughs> okay so we're going with two wits and wagers and a copy of my city um, yeah, I hope you have an auto tuner, auto tuner for us all around. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do it in post, um, I'll be perfect. <laughs> brilliant. So, Wits and Wagers is my favorite party game. 
And it is a game in which, well, it's a trivia game, which is always kind of fun for all sorts of people. But it's not a game in which you're expected to know the answers. Um, instead, the questions are made up of, of like numerical uh, answers that would only be in numbers. And you have to guess as close to the number as possible. The best part about this game is the fact that you can guess, but you don't have to know the answer. You can bet on someone else's answer if you think they're more likely to know this than others or you don't like your own answer. Um, and it is just so much fun to play, especially as a group. It plays up to, I think, a good number of players, like six or seven. Um, and people, I think, are attracted to trivia games, myself included. I wish I had more trivia games, but you also need people to play them with. And I think this is the, yeah. the best combination of trivia where you don't actually have to have any knowledge and a betting game combining it all together. And it's just simple and fun. And it's always a laugh as well, seeing what kind of answers people come up with and how close somebody got or how far away they were. Um, and it, oh, it's always a crowd, a crowd pleaser. I, can't, I haven't met anybody who didn't like Wits and Wagers. Um, so that is my second game of Christmas. Nice. Yes, I've, I've never played it, but I do like the idea of those sort of party games where it's sort of knowledge based, but you don't necessarily need to know, need to know the answer. So it's like, <laughs> yes. yeah, everyone, mm. as, as long as everyone sort of as a group, you know, can answer it, if you like, then you get close to it and you're just betting mm. on things. So yeah, I think that's really clever. I do need <laughs> to add that to my wish list, actually, and, sure and get a copy absolutely. at some point. Mm. Because I think, yeah, it'd be just nice. One of those fun games where you can just mm -hmm. have a bit of fun. Yeah. And, you know, you can pretend you know things maybe even. I think that's part of it as well. You're sort of bluffing going, yeah, I know the yeah. answer. It's this <laughs> number I because do. you're hoping yes. that people bid, bid for you and things. So I like that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I very think good, it's great. very good. Oh. Okay, what's next? Right. On the third day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. Dies through time. Two games of wingspan and... Oh, I've done it wrong again, haven't I? And many rounds <laughs> of the crew. Oh, I, I will get it right eventually. When we get to number 12, I'll get it right. Yeah, I think you're starting at like the number five, the five, the, yeah. the five golden drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't matter, it sounds good. Yes, <laughs> it's fine. There let's, we go. He, let's hear about so, Dice yes, Through Time. Dice Through Time by Ravensburger is a, another cooperative game set obviously at uh well it's back to the future dice through time is the full title but i couldn't quite fit that in the words <laughs> in the, of the song but yeah so this is set in the back to the future universe well universe in the films and goes basically across all three films and what you're trying to do is you, you're rolling dice hence the name to do certain actions on your turn but you're all working together in well through four different time zones if you like trying to retrieve artifacts that biff basically took from one era into another like the famous sports almanac that he stole to try and make money out of so you're trying to basically correct those things and more and more things going wrong and obviously biff is trying to interfere and yeah what's what's quite clever about this is not just the dice rolling to do actions but also that you can basically leave dice behind in an earlier era so say uh, i don't know 1985 to then retrieve in the future of 20 is it 2015 i can remember what what the years now are <laughs> i think it's 2015 obviously it's no longer the future for us but was in those days um and then someone else can pick it up so you can actually work together if you're really clever about it, that you leave the dice for someone else on to take on their turn and I think that's what makes it so interesting. But yeah, cooperative game again. I think it has a risk of the alpha player syndrome, unfortunately, mm -hmm. because you're supposed to talk about what you want to do and don't want to do. Mm -hmm. But it's just a f such a fun thing. I think Back to the Future is such a classic mm -hmm. triple of films, you know, trilogy. <laughs> and uh, everyone has their favorites probably as well. And yeah, um, mm -hmm. it's just it's just a great, great fun family mm -hmm. game, I think, as well. And 
hopefully if, if there is no alpha gamer in your group you actually <laughs> all enjoy it if you do maybe you play it once and then put it away i don't know <laughs> but yeah back to the future dies through time on the third day of christmas maybe you know do the other two games in the first two and then maybe get to this one <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's also a great movie i think to watch around christmas isn't it back to the future I, it I, is you got actually, the whole trilogy yeah, if you really wanted that. to watch <laughs> the, you know, uh, every time i hear the title of that game i just want to watch the movie <laughs> yeah um, but it sounds, it sounds like fun. I think that sounds like, especially for fans of the film, it's got to be extra special, yeah. you know, um, when you're kind it of familiar is, yeah. with, with all of it. It's going to be good. It's great. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so, so we want to hear your third day of Christmas game. Oh, yeah. I was going to go to my fourth. So thank you for reminding me. So <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> on the third day of Christmas, my true love sent to me three Saikatsu, two wits and wagers, and a copy of my city. Perfect. So you always get it right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've been sick of this all day in preparation. <laughs> my house is sick of hearing about the 12 days of Christmas. Um, but yeah, so this is my rival bird game to match your wingspan. This is my Saikatsu. Okay. And I think it's, oh, I love, I love, love, love this game. And it is a, it is basically a set matching game in which you have these beautiful discs, kind of like pogs, and you lay them out on the board and you're trying to connect birds of the same type together and then at the end of the game you score depending on what rows the birds are in and on what flowers are attached to them and it's it's a very simplistic concept you play like on your turn you have a choice of, of two birds to place out and you decide where you want to put it and it's it is very simple and easy to play, but there's a lot of depth to strategy, I think, the longer you play it. Um, I love how simple it is. I love how quick it is to play it, like 10, 10, 15 minutes. And I love how tactile it is. It's really touchy-feely. And it's a good, I think, one-on-one -on -one game. It plays up to three players, but I don't know if I'd want to play it at three. Okay. I like it a lot at two. Yeah. But there's something really fun about it. It's kind of chess-like in that sense. Well, they move there. Well, I'm going to move there. But what if they do that? Yeah, um, but yeah. also, it's simple enough that you could literally just go, I'm matching the birds and I'm having a good time um, as well, which is normally how I play it. Um, so, yeah, I think it is like the, the perfect game, I think, to play maybe in the morning with a cup of coffee or something like that. Or maybe as a warm up with someone coming round to visit. Um, I just I think yeah, it fits yeah. so well into that filler game space. That would that would be the pick for me. And I think more people need to know about this game. It's just so good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is my small game of the year, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think so. You I don't think have anything first. smaller <laughs> that I'd be talking about. I was there. No, so that's it. So yeah, if you like yeah. birds and you like placing things and connecting stuff up, then this is the this is one to look at. Nice, because mm -hmm. I think uh, like when you have like a family Christmas as well, you usually get mm -hmm. people sort of groups splitting up and having like a two-player yeah. game is ideal. Mm -hmm. So while well, maybe the others are watching telly, two of you can play a game. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's perfectly into the Christmas game theme, I think. Yeah, perfectly. I think so. <laughs> All right, what's on your what's what's up next? Right, am, am <laughs> I going to get it right this time? So. <clears throat> <laughs> On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me four quicks of Quetland, three dice through time, yes. two games of wingspan, and many rounds of Yay! the crew. Yay! I'm gonna get that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So next, oh, next one I'll get to get it wrong because I'm just going to carry on as before. But this <laughs> is one, yeah. Anyway, we're, we're <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So Quex of Quedlinburg, obviously, yes. not just 
Cricks of Quedlin. And, well, <laughs> do I have to say a lot about it? So this is a bag-building oh, so game. So you are quacks in Quedlinburg, so you're trying to brew some nice potions and sell them to people. But you have only so many ingredients to start with. A uh, few of those are actually quite dangerous. If you have too many of them in your pot, there, the pot yeah. actually explodes. So these are the sort of cherry bombs. But as you, you know, from round to round, as you improve, basically, you can buy better and, and more powerful and, and helpful ingredients that neutralize certain things and help each other and, you know, hopefully build a better brew. Um, and it's it's almost like, I think it's, it's a bit of a multiplayer solitaire game, really. Mm -hmm. Everyone goes quiet as they start drawing these little ingredients out of their bag and placing them into their pot. And, and you're trying to get further and further around your pot. So you basically have, have like a little swirl in the in the pot itself so the ingredients go on that swirl and go round and round from the inside further to the outside and the further you get the more points you get and the more money you get which means you can allow, buy more ingredients that improve things and yeah i think i don't know is it eight rounds or something like that how you play mm -hmm. it but um towards the end of the game you do really feel like you're getting better and better and i i, I think it's just that fun seeing people as I say, drawing the ingredient out and going, right, okay, I've already got so many cherry bombs in there. Do I draw one more? How many have I got left? And, you know, that decision of just one more, just one more, and then obviously <laughs> the pot explodes or others going quite, you know, careful. And then what what ingredients you buy as well? You know, some goes down like maybe just lots of pumpkins, that's quite enough, or some prefer the sort of like the jade spiders or, you know, there's all sorts of different ingredients that do different things and everyone sort of yeah. develops different strategies. And it's just, as I say, it's a bit of fun it's not really competitive, even though, yes, there is an ultimate winner who's got the most points wins. But I think when you do play it, you do do your own thing. You want to get the best you know, potion out of the bag mm -hmm. that you can deliver rather than necessarily competing with others. And I think, mm -hmm. again, easy game to learn as well, quite easy to teach. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just fun, beautiful to look at on the table as well, just you know, tactile yeah. and, and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So Quacks of Quedlinburg is definitely something for the fourth day of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I absolutely love quacks. Actually, that is something I would love under to find under my tree on Christmas morning. The geek bits for quacks Ooh. of Quidlinburg. Have you seen yes. those? Like the little plastic pieces instead of the I've the seen token. them, yeah, yeah. Everybody goes on about how lovely they are. I'm like, they are lovely, but they're also far away. Um, but I would love to yeah. have them for quacks. I think it's just such a fun game. I, I love it. And I love that it's essentially a game that's mostly random, right? But for some reason, yes. yeah. you feel like you have a little bit of control over the chaos. Just enough yeah, to yeah. make it kind of interesting yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i love i absolutely love quacks it's a great pick nice um, so okay your fourth <laughs> game of christmas four cryptid three saikatsu two wits and wages and a copy of my city yay <laughs> so number four is cryptid now, oh. this is going to, I don't know, be a bit unusual, I think, for most people, um, because Cryptid is not a game you can play with two players. Um, so Cryptid is uh, a, well, a minimum three player game. And what it's about is it, you're deducing um, where a Cryptid is located on your on your board. So there's like a board every, um, not describing this very well. There's a game board of different <laughs> colors and different terrains and things like that. Yeah. And everyone around the table is given a clue as to where this missing Cryptid is. But it'll be in terms of stuff on the boards um, and you'll all right. get a different clue that will help you locate where the Cryptid is. But you can't tell each other. 
But what you are allowed to do is to ask a question. So you can point at the board and say, you know, is the cryptid here? And you'll have to determine based on your clue if this is correct. They're all kind of cryptic. So there'll okay. be things yeah. like the cryptid is, is on a forest or on a swamp. Or it'll be not within right. two spaces of a sea or something like that. Um, and mm-hmm. so this is how the, the game goes until somebody figures out where the, the cryptid is. And I played it before a while back and I really, really liked it. But of course, there's only two of us. So there was no point in us in having it. Um, but I got to play it again recently with three players. And it's, you know what? It's just so much fun watching people's brains in motion and the way they try <laughs> and solve the puzzle. Because yeah. um, I found it quite interesting because both the people I were playing with were trying to figure out what everyone else's clue was they were trying to deduce that to help them figure out where the cryptid was where i was kind of like well i know that my clue is true so i'm going to verify my clue in terms of everybody else's information and try and pinpoint where he is and normally i wouldn't have said deduction games were my kind of jam but this one is really really well done and there's tons of variety in it you get given a book of little clues you see and you'll be told which number is your clue and it's just so well put together i think it's it's really really smart mm. and it's really really fun as well and the best part is i discovered that there are in fact rules for two player oh, so i was delighted okay. to hear this <laughs> yeah they're not necessarily my favorite what it means is that a two players each player has two clues instead of one right um and you okay. have two lots yeah. of pieces to deal with so that's kind of a lot for my brain but i do like that it is it is playable at two okay. and i think it would it's definitely a bit more intense at two as well so some people might really like that experience but i think it's really it was it's very simple to explain i can see families having a lot of fun with it like solving a puzzle like you yeah, might do yeah. like those christmas crosswords and stuff like that where you're you're given these bits of information yeah, yeah. and you have to deduce um you know how many brothers mary has yeah, yeah. or something like that so it fits into that <laughs> bracket um so i liked it i liked it a lot i liked enough to say i'd be really excited to play more of this over christmas with my friends um so yeah so that's cryptid ta-da cryptid yeah <laughs> i've heard lots about it i've never played it but it does yeah sound very interesting because as i say you're sort of playing together but not together and yeah. trying to share information but can't share information yes and it's, it's, it's just like the, the, the mechanism behind it that between all of your clues together there is one yes. specific location where the cryptid yeah. can be without any one of you actually knowing actually where knowing. it is it's yeah. it's it's like what how does that work but <laughs> i think that as you say that makes it actually more fun if you're not one of yeah. those sort of deduction type players mm-hmm. it's more about puzzling the information together from different yeah. bits exactly. and so more like a logic puzzle in a way and mm-hmm. i quite like that so yeah definitely yeah, nice cryptid right moving right. on to the fifth day of christmas <laughs> then so Yay. on the fifth day of christmas my true love sent to me five games of chai Four quacks of quake and three dice through time, two <laughs> games of wingspan and many rounds of the crew. Yes, yes! I think it done it this time. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> We're improving. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm learning. I eventually get there. So, yes, Chai Bye. is a game that's been out for a while now uh, from Dan and Connie Kazmaier. It was on Kickstarter a while ago. There are various versions of it in the sense of deluxe and even more deluxify, I think. They're currently putting together like the wooden boxes where everything comes in. So look look more like tea chests in a way. Mm. I think that's sort of going out back as like a year later. I went <laughs> for the normal deluxe edition, which has little lovely, well, there are, I think, plastic teacups. But they look like terracotta 
teacups mm-hmm. and they're you know nice sort of size like if you think of like a um, japanese teacups of that sort of size mm-hmm. without a handle or anything but yeah what is it about you you're basically making tea or you're you're trying to fulfill customer orders for different teas there's like i think four or five different um types of teas like green tea and black tea and white tea and all those sort of things but the the, the flavors don't really matter it's just a player color you choose it's more about then getting ingredients from a central market um, like you know lemon juice and cinnamon and uh, fruit like strawberries and, and stuff like that and I think it's that mechanism of the market that I really enjoyed the, the way you buy things so imagine like three rows or is it four rows of ingredients or the sort of flavors if you like and there's like tiles laid out and then if you buy an ingredient you get all of them if they're horizontally or vertically adjacent to each other so you might be able to like buy four or five of that ingredient in one go obviously more cheaply and then everything slides along you know filling the gap and then if you have money left you can buy some more so if you're clever about what you buy in what order you can actually you know have things sliding in the right position so you suddenly you might buy just one cinnamon to start with but then with the next purchase you can suddenly buy five you know fruit or something and i think that makes to me makes the game the rest of it is literally just have sort of a, an offer of um, cards from you know customer orders so they want a black tea with cinnamon and i don't know um, lemon in there for some reason and then that gives you points so you're trying to collect those ingredients that you can fulfill that order and get points for that um so that is sort of something that you probably have seen in many other games but it's that market mechanism that i think is really clever and it's again beautifully illustrated uh, it's quite pops on the table quite bright and and you know colorful and i think it's probably a game you might want to play sort of like christmas morning rather than like christmas evening because it's sort of quite bright and vibrant but you can probably play it anytime and again it's a family game i think relatively easy to learn and explain and plays relatively quickly probably a bit more thinky but as i say relatively you know straightforward the way it goes so chai is my fifth day of christmas game <laughs> we could all do with a cup of tea yeah. around christmas right yeah i was gonna say yeah <laughs> i love that you have two games like back to back that involve you brewing something <laughs> whether it's a few potions or tea <laughs> yeah some sort of quack potions that don't do anything <laughs> and quack tea. proper tea yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fantastic all right let's see can i do this fifth one five jonah Four cryptid trees, I can see two wits and wagers and a copy of my city. Right. Um, so this this pick goes out to all the miniature lovers and to the kids who remember yeah. getting like armies um, in Warhammer boxes and stuff on Christmas morning and spending the entire day cutting everything out of the sprue and gluing together your models or whatever it was and your parents were delighted because you were quiet for the whole day at the table trying to assemble it yes. so some people will remember that kind of stuff I only came to it later in life such a Christmas day but there is something special special about i think having a bunch of miniatures to play with around christmas time and Mm. of course you have extra time to play games that take longer to play have a very long setup time take a lot of time to put away as well um but are very special while they're on the table so that's where my love of joan of arc is i think this is such a uh, i just i when it comes to miniature games this is definitely my favorite it's it is it is a game in which you are having battles but mostly it's scenario play and you're trying to you know achieve different goals um some of them weird and wacky it is it's set 
kind of historically, but then it goes off the deep end with all sorts of crazy fantasy, angel, demon stuff. Um, You know, including one episode where I I helped uh, Mary give birth to the baby Jesus while there were demons chasing (laughs) us at a chapel. I kid you not. I kid you not. That actually happened. I was like, this is a bit weird. But you know what? It's really, really fun. I just think, just don't take it too seriously. Um, But the gameplay... So there was no room at the end of the time to really be chased by demons. (laughs) What happened was, you see, and you're supposed I, to be in a manger or something I, you know what's going there was on? nowhere i had to get mary to a church so she could give birth safely and then i had to get her safely back to the village and there was a really big demon wow. chasing me down at the time and whatnot and i had some angels for help don't worry so that's okay, kind that's of like the, like it's not all that crazy the shepherds? <laughs> it's not all that crazy but it's just it's it's unusual i think if you take it with a grain of salt mm. but it is a great miniature game to play i love how it's put together like mechanically it's it's very robust and it feels yeah. proper nothing feels unjust but there's a special fun I think to playing a war game in general um, because it's the kind of thing you argue over I think <laughs> yeah. you, you'll you be like well I think it works this way well I think I can see your model here and there's something fun about yeah, that yeah. and this is something you want to take your time with and I think over Christmas you have time and you can leave it set up and you can enjoy a couple of games and it's yeah. particularly fun if you're someone else who loves this kind of stuff and you can just have a, a blast together and I've spent a lot of Christmases playing kind of miniature games before and I always think there's something nice about it at the this time of year because it's dark outside it's miserable and there you are fighting little men against little men and hoping for the best <laughs> so yeah so that is why Joan of Arc is my fifth game of Christmas if you're rich enough to afford it of course that is <laughs> I think it's a perfect present though it's perfect a Christmas thing as well oh. as you say you've got mm. the sort of toy factor so yeah. you know the family or the kids are quiet <laughs> for a bit you know getting all the things out and getting them ready mm-hmm. and then just as you say the playing you know I remember playing as a kid setting up a game and I think it probably was Monopoly I have to admit it but you know setting it up like <laughs> one evening and then it didn't quite finish so we then finished it the next morning or something like that yeah. but it's, it's mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing you can only do at Christmas time where you mm-hmm. have the time you can just leave things set up and yeah perfect perfect choice thank you so yeah moving on to the sixth game of christmas here we go sorry and the sixth day of christmas my true love sent to me six times of splendor five games of chive four quacks of cradling three dice through time two games of wingspin and many rounds of the crew (laughs) sort of wasn't perfect but there we go so yeah so festive (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) So Splendor, even though the theme it probably has nothing to do with Christmas, there's jewels there. So, And it's, yeah, I said, <laughs> where is it actually set? Somewhere um, where people are obviously mining jewels and turning them into pretty, yeah, jewelry and selling them on. But yeah, what is Splendor? Um, I suppose it's sort of like a tableau builder mm-hmm. because you're buying jewels that then give you discounts on future jewels. The idea being basically buy some sort of mine that then allows you to obviously mine those jewels uh, more easily, which means if you want more, if you need more of those, you don't actually need to pay for them. You already can produce your own. But the idea is basically you build sets of jewels, you you build your tableau, and the more jewels you have in front of you, the easier you find to, to then buy more expensive cards because ultimately you want to get to is it 15 points i can't remember the, where the limit is where the game basically finishes and you finish the round and to start with you basically have zero points you have nothing but you can take um these are actually nice poker chips in the game copy that i have and you can either take three different jewels i think there's five in total and again doing this off, off my head <laughs> and or you can do two of the same or you can actually reserve a card from the sort of um 
offer well this is like a four by four grid is it a four by three grid um where you know you can take a card that you think you might be able to buy later on uh, and if you do that you actually get a chunk of gold which is like a wild card piece of uh, yeah equivalent of a wild card jewel if you like but you can't get gold other than by reserving a card and then yeah on your turn you can then if you can afford to buy a card from the central as i say area or one that you reserved earlier you then put that out you, you pay your chips back and i say the more jewels you collect the easier you find then to buy more expensive cards and also there's um additional bonus points you can get in the form of i don't know what they're called in the game but basically nobles i think actually they're called mm -hmm. um that give you bonus points so once you've collected certain sets of those jewels in front of you bought them then you can get that noble to get additional points and it i think at first when you play it it looks all very confusing because you think well if i want to buy this card i need this card and to buy this card i need the other card and you sort of keep going backwards <laughs> and forwards and i think you just have to sort of ease yourself into and go right up I'm just going to look what's possible. I'm going to get some jewels and then see if I can buy something next round. If not, I get some more jewels. And eventually, you play it a few more times and you get into it. And again, I mean, it's, it just looks nice on the table. The poker chips are really nice, tactile. And I think, again, it's a family game. I don't know whether necessarily children would get it, but even though I think they probably would um, because they're quite usually quite good at looking at sort of patterns and working out sets and things. So <laughs> definitely a family game. Something actually, I uh, we taught my wife's parents as well, so my, my parents-in-law, and they picked it up relatively straightforward as well, which I think says a lot because, not of, because of the age, but because they're not very much into board games, they haven't really played many. So I think it shows that it's something you can play with people who haven't played before. So Splendor is my sixth uh, game of Christmas. <laughs> In, okay, interesting fact about me. There are only two games I have hated right off the bat. One of which was a game called Splendor's Steam. One of, them. <laughs> one of which was a game called Steam, which is about building railways. And I quit the minute I found out that you started the game in debt to have bought your railways. I right. said I wouldn't play yeah, it. Yeah. The second one is Splendor. <laughs> I I've never got Splendor. I played it a lot when it mm. first came out, and everyone around me liked it. But I was like, "You're just buying the thing to buy the thing to buy the thing." I'm like, "This is really, I've just yeah. never understood the appeal." But um, I I think it's one of those games though that does divide people because lots of people um love it, and I think I no I can't yep. understand why, but I'm okay with not understanding why. Um, if you love <laughs> no, it, great, I, I, I enjoy it. That. I just never it never grabbed yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No, it's it's one of those games <laughs> where, as you say, you you buy something, you buy something, you buy yeah. something, and <laughs> and as I say, when you first played it, actually did my head in for quite a while i thought well <laughs> if i want to get this card i want to yeah. need this card but to mm -hmm. get this card i need this other card but then someone else buys this card before me <laughs> um but i think that's where the sort of strategy comes in as well if, if you do play it more competitively yeah. you can go and see well i think that's mm -hmm. the card that they are probably going for so i'm going to reserve it even mm -hmm. if i can't afford it yeah um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean there is there is no incentive but i do feel it, it's a bit of an engine builder i do yes, think that that mm -hmm. once you played a few rounds it gets fast and do feel you're achieving something so mm -hmm. it's not yeah. completely pointless like some games <laughs> um, but I, I can see what you mean it, it's mm -hmm. one of those games that yeah, yeah it's not for everyone definitely but yeah. <laughs> hopefully for some of you so yeah. we'll see what about your sixth oh, day or go. sixth game of christmas my sixth game of christmas so um six dice are rolling five joan of arcs Four cryptid trees, I got two wits and wagers, and a copy of my city. 
So Yay. I have dice rolling in here, which isn't really a board game. I've actually snuck in a role playing game. Mm. But these are our games of Christmas. And what I'm making reference to actually is the, the Roll20 um, website where you're able to play role playing games with your friends from different parts of the world. And I think it's been noticeable, especially with lockdown and things like that, that you may not be able to meet up with everybody you wanted to over Christmas and play games like you you might have. And I think there's always a space, I think, for the role-playing games. Um, I've been playing one with my friends all of lockdown. In fact, with friends I would normally not have gotten to hang out with otherwise. They live much further away from us. And I think there's something really nice about um, meeting up together to play a, a role-playing game. And for sure, there are some great board games that do a fantastic job of it too. But if you if you know role-playing things are, are, are interesting to you and you want to roll dice and have adventures all in your imagination, I think this is something people People might want to look into i think you know think games like dungeons and dragons are really um rising in popularity at the moment they're mm. i think they're becoming more mainstream i think now is a great time to try them out or play them with your friends and they're quite yeah. cheap to get into too because only one person really needs a rule book mm. um and just some dice um and you can play online for free and i just think it's a fun way to play games with your friends like had we been playing normally um you know in regular times we probably would have had a christmas episode around Christmas time and so now I think there's you know there's loads of ways to do that so I had to put role-playing games in here somewhere because I just I think that yeah I think it's an it's a fun it's a fun way to to play games too so yeah so that's my sixth pick of Christmas and as I said before Mm. it's the same sort of reason that because in Christmas time you have more time together so again you can maybe start a campaign one night Mm. and then carry it on maybe the next morning and then go out for a walk (laughs) and then come back and carry it on in the evening and yeah absolutely it's Mm. again the same sort of reason why you might want to play it over Christmas because you have a lot more time together potentially (laughs) so yeah very nice Nice. I like that choice so that's a Roll20 website representing (laughs) all role playing games basically (laughs) not entirely I'm sure there are other ways to do it but that's the one I'm familiar yeah, with. Yeah, never. So yeah. I, I will support it. <laughs> right, what's up, what's up next with you? So on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love sent to me seven Carcassonne, six times Splendor, and five games of chai. I'm getting it wrong again. Four <laughs> quicks of quit and three dice of three, three dice through time, two games of wingspan, and many rounds of the crew. I will get back into the swing in a minute. But I, there we go. I feel like we should have been drinking while doing this, that it might have got easier Maybe, the longer yeah. we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have another pram. Ah, right. So, yeah. Carcassonne, I Woo-hoo. think um, classic game. I think probably a lot of you have heard about it. Tiling <laughs> game, you're building yeah. basically between you the area of Carcassonne that's known for all the different little um, walls and towers and buildings and yeah, so you're building cities mm-hmm. and roads and um, if you have the river expansion, you even build a river. There's monastri- monasteries and you really just all you do is you draw a tile. You see if you can attach it somewhere, which you should be able to. There's very rarely that it doesn't fit somewhere. You place it there. If you, you know, then have the ability to place one of your meeples onto one of the features, whether it's a road, a city, or a monastery, unless it's already in control by someone else, and and off you go. You just basically 
as I say, build a map using tiles. And again, you can play it competitively. You know, you use the farmers, which makes it very strategic and competitive, and you're trying to steal each other's cities and, and control them. Um, or you play it just because you want to build a nice map. Some people I play with want to just complete, you know, certain features and make sure there's no gaps anywhere so that once they find the perfect tile, they plonk it there, even if it doesn't actually benefit them points-wise. And again, as I say, you can play it with different people for different reasons there's loads of versions out there loads of expansions some better than others mm. so if you get hooked on Carcassonne it'll probably keep you going for quite some time you can have all these little expansions so yeah good fun yeah. good fun game oh it's good to have a classic on the list isn't it it's good to have a classic yeah. I think the thing <laughs> that the best thing about Carcassonne actually is how visual it is because you can see where you're yeah. connecting your city to your city or your road to your road or where your farmer might be connected into and yeah. I think that makes it so easy to teach because you can literally see in your hand what's going to happen next or plan it out and I think I think that's great um, yes, and of course yeah. everybody kind of loves Carcassonne at this point it's one of those brilliant kind of uh, family games um, yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime <laughs> yeah. soon so I do I do love a bit of Carcassonne right so <laughs> let's see where I get this um, yeah. so it's seven Zias drifting six dice are rolling five Joan of Arcs Four cryptid, three psychatsu, two wits and wagers, and a copy of my city. Perfect. So, Yay. yeah, so I've talked about this, I believe, last month in the last episode. Uh, this is ZS, um, Legends of a Drift System. Don't let the lengthy title put you off. It's an open world <laughs> sandbox um, space game. And boy, is it fun. I, You know what? Most open world games don't appeal to me a lot, but I, 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 for whatever reason, this one just works. And I think it's just because there's so many things you can do in it and all of them feel meaningful. They don't feel arbitrary. So you have your little spaceship yeah. and you're heading out into space to explore. So you can explore new places. You can trade goods between planets. You can go and fight bandits. You can shoot your friends. You know, um, you can fly <laughs> directly into the sun if you're not particularly careful. You can upgrade your ship into mm. a cool new ship with all sorts of lasers and armor and whatever else you want. And I just, I think the game is just so well put together that it all feels really fun. It's also very, very light. As in, I would, as in it takes minimal brain power to play this it takes a bit of time um but you can decide how long that is okay and if you know somebody who loves space games like like we do i think it's just lovely over christmas to just chill and sit for a while and wander around space and see what happens um and i just i <laughs> yeah. yeah like it is it's just it's so relaxing to play i think that's probably my favorite part of it but it really captures space well and it's always interesting it never feels the same every time you play it's like oh what's happening this time what yeah. am i going to do um so i think it is perfect christmas material so yes. that is zia legends of a drift system my number nice. seven epic science fiction <laughs> game that doesn't require lots of thinking yeah. and strategizing you can just do just what you chill. want and see where yeah. it takes you nice. exactly oh, i just okay. something oh, nice okay. about it <laughs> something nice about that yeah yeah all right what's up next on the eighth day of christmas my true love sent to me eight times hardback seven carcass on six times splendor five games of chai Four quacks of Quedlin, three dice, three time, two games of Wingspan, and many rounds of the crew. Woo! And that's why I put the crew actually there, because I do want many rounds of the crew. But you anyway, do. we're talking about crew. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Hardback now, which again, Ooh, is probably almost nice. a classic game now, because it's mm. been out for a few years now. Mm -hmm. And I prefer Hardback. Um, 
anyway let me talk about the game first the hardback <laughs> is a deck building game really so along mm. the same lines as sort of maybe star realm something like that mm-hmm. you have a hand of cards that everyone starts pretty much with the same cards um certainly with the same consonants i think but then you might get a different vowel i think that's how that works mm-hmm. and you're basically trying to make a word a bit like you do in scrabble um and then each letter that you play has also then either a, a coin value that allows you to buy more cards from sort of like a central offer row again like in star realms i think like seven cards laid out or something like that or they can give you points potentially um some of them give you both um and your starting cards obviously are very basic is again like star realms you get either coins or points for what for the for the different letters but the extra cards you then buy that can then combine and they give you double points and extra benefits and what's nice about hardback is that you can actually play every letter as a wild card basically face down so even if you can't think of any word with any letters that you have you basically can potentially turn them all face down and make up a word completely if you wanted to you don't get any points or even coins for the face down card so they don't give you any benefits but it makes it a lot easier so for someone like me i'm not a great scrabble fan i'm, I'm never very good my i don't think my vocabulary is that great neither than english nor german i should <laughs> add as well so even if i play it in german which is my native tongue I'm, i've never been very good at scrabble i just don't see it but with hardback i, I do find that even if i don't as i say see a word necessarily you know you can take put a couple of letters face down you get a word okay you might not win but it's still fun and then there's also a bit of a sort of pushy luck element as well so when you i think as you get your hand of five cards um you play that you then obviously put it on the discard pile draw more cards again so same star realms idea reshuffle your discard pile if you need to draw more but once you've got your five cards you can actually draw another card the only problem is any additional cards you do draw you do have to use those letters so you can't then put them face down so you're probably still all right because you still have the other five cards you could use as wild cards if you needed to so this is like a little pushy like element but, mm-hmm. but the advantage is obviously if you have longer words you get more money mm-hmm. or more points so it's trying to weigh that up what you need and yeah it's as i say it's just imagine star realms and scrabble sort of mixed together and <laughs> you get hardback and mm-hmm. Again, it's one of those games that I think you could even play with younger kids. You know, if they started spelling and they can spell words, they're probably all right with that. And again, you might surprise it. They might come up with longer words than you would have thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and it also teaches things. So I can see that playing, you know, playing with mm-hmm. family of all ages uh, and certainly older, you know, our age or older, you know, <laughs> it's it's one of those games mm-hmm. that if you don't fancy Scrabble because you don't hate, you don't like the double points and triple word scores and whatever, hardback allows you to sort of bit of multiplayer solitaire because you're doing your own thing but um it's yeah more fun so hardback is my uh, eighth game of christmas Uh, it's good to see a word game at least on one of our lists i didn't get a word game (laughs) of mine i just i like where i like word games but we're terrible at them if that makes sense like we get really competitive and then you spend more time on your phone looking up is this a word or not when we're trying to assemble yeah, yeah, things yeah. together so <laughs> i think that's always my problem with word games um yeah just it was super competitive but it's nice that one is there i think we're i do have a fondness for them yeah i'm um, despite being absolutely terrible at them <laughs> yeah me too um, so right so eight camelops seven zias drifting six dice are rolling five john of arcs 
for a cryptid tree Saikatsu to wits and wagers and a copy of my city Yay! So this is my surprise game of the year Okay so I'm sure many people had heard of Camel Up long before um, I acquired a copy. Um, it seemed to be a very popular racing game yep. that lots of people played and enjoyed. And I assumed it would be a fairly kind of standard racing game. And we have a lot of racing games in our house. My husband loves them. I'm not as big a fan, but I do find that you need a group of people to make a racing game really work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, two people racing each other isn't particularly amazing. So when he got a copy of Camel Up, I was like, oh, God this wasn't wise mm. but i was so wrong i was really really wrong camel up absolutely surprised the hell out of me and it is indeed a racing game about racing camels oh, and how <laughs> it works is that <laughs> i know right the name says it all you have a pyra- you have a pyramid into which um the dice go and each dice represents a different color of camel and you pop one out each round to determine how far each camel will go the real fun here is betting on which camel is actually going to win because you don't have a camel yourself they just go as a group yeah. um and then you're de- you're deciding you know which camel will also finish last perhaps and then you're able to interfere with how fast they go um on the board while they go around oh, nice. and yeah. we got really into it it got very <laughs> serious about how fast those camels were yeah. going and we were sitting there going well there's only those two colored dice left in, the- in there so that means the minimum he can go is this distance and this distance and then we had a bidding war he because there's- you can bid on the same camel right. multiple times yeah, yeah. the first person there gets a better bet so Brian would bid in the blue camel I'm like oh god he's bidding on the blue camel I better bid in the blue camel quickly and we had so much fun with it and we played it a bunch of times actually back to back it's quite quick um, so I I was I really had a good blast with it even, even at two it was just it was so laughable um, and we actually have the expansion as well came like we got it second hand so they all came together yeah. and there looks to be all sorts of fun things in that as well upping the player count and stuff so I can totally see what everyone was on about all of this time my apologies I did not try camel up sooner but I think it'll be perfect for Christmas because it's kind of it's a little bit crazy but it's a little bit bidding and I can see people you know like there's something about racing that yes, make, brings out the yeah. you know the fun in everybody you know everybody wants to win nobody wants to lose and you get all that kind of fun stuff and I think camel up is just fantastic yeah. so yeah so that's my eighth game of Christmas eighth game of Christmas. camel up yeah as you say racing games for two people mm. doesn't work but yeah camel up seems to turn <laughs> no. it on its head because you're not actually racing yeah. against the other but you're bidding on the horses or in this case the camels <laughs> yeah. to see which one does best and all that that's yeah. brilliant I like that yeah it's really really good it was so good right then so right what's the ninth game of christmas so on the ninth day of christmas my true love sent to me nine times the mind eight times hardback seven carcassonne six (laughs) times splendor five games of chai four quacks of quidlin three dice through time two games of wingspan and many rounds of the crew Right, I think I did that right that this was time. Marvelous. Yay. So, yeah, it was really good. Thank you. <laughs> so here's another card game, The Mind. Um, mm. And I think, again, it's one of those party games you can actually play with pretty much anyone, strangers you've just met somewhere, <laughs> even... Okay, that sounds a bit <laughs> weird, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, not in lockdown <laughs> it's, time. It's, yeah, exactly, yeah. But um, it's, it's one of those games that is is always surprising everyone who hears about it thinks what that's a game how's that work and if i explain we might say it if you haven't heard it you know haven't played yourself before or haven't heard about it but i'm sure lots of people have 
because I think it won a few prizes. But yeah, so basically the mind is a deck of cards numbered 1 to 100 um, and you go from round to round getting more and more cards dealt into your hand. So you shuffle the deck of cards. In the first round, everyone gets one card. And you're not allowed to communicate. You're not allowed to talk or anything. And you all have to play those three cards and this, oh, sorry, if you have three of you, three cards in the right sequence. But as I say, you're not allowed to talk. So lowest card goes first, then the middle card, then the highest card. And you just have to decide when it's right for you to play. There's no turn or you just have to play it. So the three of you, as I say, in the first round, there's three cards. In the second round, each of you get two cards. You think, obviously, in the first round might be quite easy if you know someone gets like a two or the other one gets a 50 and the other one gets 99, then quite straightforward. But the more and more cards you get, the more and more it's likely that <laughs> some of you have very close cards together. And you'll be surprised when you've played a few rounds, you start getting into sync that, you know, I had games where we played like three or four cards in the right order between <laughs> like three or four of us, but everyone had like, you know, a different card. So it wasn't like I had... 25 26 27 myself in my hand but someone had 25 mm-hmm. yeah i had 26 someone else had 27 yeah. fourth mm-hmm. guy had 28 and you you do play them all in the right order and quite quickly yeah. and it's mm-hmm. it's amazing how much fun this game actually is you're not allowed to talk and it's so simple to teach and as i say that as you go from round to round you think this is impossible and and <laughs> you always pull it off well not always but you do tend to pull it off and you get quite far and mm-hmm. it's just yeah. really simple clever game the mind yeah number uh, nine on the list number nine. Oh, i love the mind i totally share your feelings about the mind i think there's something so cool about that game um that i can't point my finger on because it is just playing cards in numerical order yeah but there's something yeah. about that connection between you all trying to play the cards and the fact you can't talk that just that yeah. brings it somewhere else yeah i think it's it's so much fun and it's so weird when you show it to people they're like what is this i'm like just hold on yeah. just wait you'll see yeah let's <laughs> just marvelous. play it and you'll find <laughs> out <laughs> yeah exactly it's like its own little mystery it is yeah yeah all right so, so number nine ninth. for you on the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine battle cons, eight camelops, seven seas drifting, six dice are rolling, five Joan of Arcs, four cryptid, three Saikatsu, two wits and wagers, and a copy of my city. Yay! <laughs> my voice goes down so deep on the wagers part. It's like wits and wagers, and then I can't recover. Yeah. Um, so okay, so this is a game I'm not sure I've actually talked about on here before, I and don't this think is BattleCon from yep. um, Level Ninety Nine Games. So the reason this is on my mind is that they had a Kickstarter, um, which is a year and a half delayed, that might be delivered before Christmas to my house. So <laughs> right. um, it's why I'm thinking about it. But BattleCon um, comes to me because I think at Christmas sometimes you want an adversarial game you want a one versus one game you know something like star realms where you're playing against somebody else and my choice for this is is battlecon and what it is is um you both players it's two player only have a fighter and you'll have a handful of cards um which in in which are your moves and there's like a a track in the middle a a straight line which you move your characters up and down so you can hit each other um, and do damage to each other like it's like um like an arcade fighting game that kind of idea it's set in the two dimensions as well where your characters move back and forth but what's really interesting about BattleCon is the fact that each character is unique and plays differently so they do very different things or they'll have different moves and things like that that they only they can do and I think it just it can get really tense and serious because as you play you um, remove a card from your hand 
And so your opponent will know kind of what you've played. And they're allowed to know what's in your hand as well. Right. So they can guess what you might play next by what you what you've already played or what isn't in your hand. Yeah. And might guess what you're going to what you're going to do and try and outthink you. It's a very <sighs> thinky game. Like I know it doesn't sound it when you're just thinking, oh, it's just two characters bashing each other up. This is a battle of wits. And yeah. it just happens to be through this kind of um idea. But I think there's something really fun about it. And it definitely will hurt your brain, but you'll feel like you won. You'll feel like you've earned it. Yeah, because yeah. it's one of those it's kind of a slog but i love it i think it's just really really fun and i'm hoping over christmas to play a bunch of games with the new stuff when it arrives Ooh. and we're thinking of doing it like a little tournament and trying out all the characters and stuff like that and i think that'll yeah. be really nice over christmas it takes about 20 to 30 minutes to play a game so it's not super long but it is intense okay. yeah it's intense <laughs> so um if you maybe if you <laughs> maybe if you want something lighter do think of something like star realms but if yeah, you want to yeah. take it up a notch and you really want to you know duke it out mentally yeah. with someone else this is the game um i think that's really really fun so that's Battlecon. so this is more like a game <laughs> where it's like you know i know that you know that i know that you know type <laughs> yes, thing i guess exactly <laughs> right uh, okay. yeah and because i, I know like this those. you know yeah i will go i will go here i yeah, do yeah. make this move based on what i think your moves are going to be that's basically what the game is yeah yeah, yeah it's very okay, cool cool <laughs> <laughs> all right your next right we're getting yeah we're getting towards the end of the days Ooh. of christmas now so on the 10th <laughs> day of christmas my true love sent to me 10 yen far 9 times the mind 8 times halfback 7 carcassonne 6 times splendor 5 games of chai <laughs> 4 quicks of quid and 3 dice through time 2 games of wingspan and many rounds of the crew <laughs> Right, so Near and Far by Red Raven Games. <laughs> um, I think that's probably, again, almost a classic game, at least for me. Yeah. After Above and Below, Near and Far was sort of the, the next big hit, I think, in my games group and with the family as well. And it's, yeah, I mean, if you know Red Raven Games illustrations by Ryan Lockett, is they're, they're always beautiful to look at. And he's amazing that he designs the games, he illustrates them, publishes them. It's it's all in one place. And yeah, it's a storytelling game in a way. Um, so if you are into the role-playing, maybe it's not quite role-playing, but it sort of gets in sort of in that direction. Your character in... Um, I don't know what the world is called now, but in the sort of fantasy world, and you start in a town, you can hire people to join your crew, your your team, and then you go out adventuring onto this map. Um, and there's a whole booklet of maps. It's like um, ring bound. You flip a page over, and you have another map. And you can basically play this like in several campaigns. You know, going through the book game after game and you actually sort of improve your skills as well so yeah you're in town where you can as i say hire more crew you can buy more equipment you can get uh, animals to carry you further along because you always when you venture out again um, you start developing the map you know people put like their their camps down the tents onto the map which means that space sort of is now explored and you have to travel further and further as the game develops and as you place tents and you encounter certain spaces you can do little quests and someone basically reads out like a paragraph or two of text and then you get the multiple choice and you have to decide what you want to do and it's usually two choices and then you roll dice depending on what you've chosen so it's sort of again thematics you might have to do like a skill check almost or or you know a, a, um, i don't know what's called in dungeon dragons sort of terms but you know <laughs> a, a check of how clever you yep. are um those sort of things yeah. so you roll dice 
and then depending on who's in your team they might then obviously add bonuses to that and hopefully you, you fulfill that and if you've, you've completed the quest you then might get some some other you know, jewels and things bonuses to then allow you to do more in the next turn and yeah it's it's just as i say it's just a little bit of story going on there and it was quite clever and near and far as well that some quests you do then give you little side quests if you complete them and then next time you do a quest you don't do the normal quest from that location so each location or some locations have you know certain quests you would do there every time but if you're on the side quest you then actually fulfill a little story as well so it's quite nice to follow that sort of story through there and I think it encourages actually you telling the story as well just by you moving around the map and things even if you don't do quests and yeah it's, it's just one of those games it's beautiful to look at it's I think relatively simple to explain it takes a little while to play I would say about an hour and a half maybe two hours depending on you know how how slow you take it but it's beautiful it sort of immerses you into that world and as I say if you enjoy the first adventure then the next one is on the next map on the next page you can either play it straight away or you basically have a little character sheet you put your notes down there and then you can play a few campaigns and then by the end of the i don't know how many campaigns there are who's got the most points wins but again it's one of those games we don't really care that much about winning it's more about just going out there adventuring and building your team and yeah so near and far is my 10th uh, game of christmas it sounds very like a role-playing game all right doesn't it where it's a game of like exploration and yeah. enjoying the journey not necessarily you know the end goal so that sounds kind of nice and relaxing for over christmas doesn't yeah. it? yeah that fits in kind of nicely yeah mm-hmm. all right definitely so, so yeah what's well, your 10th game, game of christmas um, <laughs> here we go <laughs> Ten nemesises, <laughs> nine Balkans, eight Camelopes, <laughs> seven Zeus drifting, six dice are rolling, five Joan of Arcs, four cryptid, three Saikatsu, two Wits and Wagers, and a copy of my city. <laughs> that wages gets me every time. Yay. I should have put it higher in the list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went with nemesis, which is what I like to call them in plural, which is, or is it nemesi? I've never really known. But going with nemesis is, so this is the board game Nemesis, which is based on the Aliens franchise, but we're not allowed to really say that because it's not Aliens, it's called Nemesis. And they're not connected at all. They don't even look similar. It doesn't even look like the same ship or Aliens or anything. Nothing is similar. But this, to me, this is like... It completely does, yeah. This is what I would call, I suppose, one of my more interactive kind of story kind of hidden treasure games and i own very few of those um but this one i think is particularly special because mostly because everybody knows the franchise um loads of people love aliens i put on the yeah. alien soundtrack while we play this and it is a game in which you uh, wake <laughs> up on the sh- on your spaceship from stasis and you're trying to find your way home but there's all these things that keep happening there are noises and creatures are appearing and you want to complete your quest so that you can make it out safely and get to the escape pods kind of thing of course not all of you are necessarily on the same side and some of you will want things that conflict (laughs) with each other's ideas about you know what you should be doing um but i think it's a really fun game despite it not being a role-playing game i think fine people get into a role while playing it um because you know someone is the scientist and i want to keep these species alive to find out what they're made of and and someone else like no we should kill them all um and it's got that kind of feel 
to it and the game itself is actually really nicely put together but it's the same it's got that kind of feeling like Battlestar Galactica the board game does too where someone could be bad but we don't know who and they have their own kinds of fun and it takes a bit of time to play and stuff I think it's lovely over Christmas and it's very atmospheric Um, so this is kind of my story game I guess even though we don't really tell stories we kind of tell them ourselves but it gives you this great setting for the players Mm -hmm. to play in to make your own game because your experience is so much more than what's actually on the board you 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 bring everything you have yeah, to the table yeah. with it and of course it do, it does look nice too and it's got some really nice miniatures but um as far as it goes i just i like the experience of nemesis more than anything else i think it brings out the best in people so yeah. that's why it's number 10 on my games yeah. of christmas Nemesis definitely i mean if you've got a good setting a good ip behind it even though it doesn't have the aliens ip officially yeah. but you know it is basically if you look at it it is that um and the same reason why you know i, I like back to the future dice through time it's the same sort of thing you have have the background story there and you can sort of you know see yourself in the film and with I mean, Nemesis and <laughs> Aliens is just brilliant, yeah. as you say. You just take a character and think, oh, I know what I need to do now. So, yeah, it's just wonderful. Yep. Perfect, Nemesis. Thank Yay. you. So, Big deep breath. <laughs> on the 11th day of Christmas, my true love sent to me 11 code names, 10 the far, 9 times the mind, 8 times Sarpex, 7 Carcassonne, 6 times Spender, 5 games of Chai. Four quacks of quid and three dice through time, two games of wingspan, and many rounds of the crew. <laughs> you're not, you're not a bad singer, you know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, so, really not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit it and post it. All sounds oh, perfect. Oh yes, please. So yeah, code names is one of those mm. games again. There's various versions. You've got code names to add if there's just two of you. You got the so traditional code names where you play in teams and the traditional one you can actually play three player if you want to or in odd numbers so you can have two on one team and one on the other or two and one and three on the other and things like that so the numbers don't really matter um sorry not you can't have three i think you have to have at least four because it has, has to be one is the master and one is sort of the the agent and all you have really is a grid of cards in front of you each of the card has a word on it a noun um so it could be uh, i don't know it could be dog or it could be armchair or it could be bridge or you know anything like that and one as i say one of you is like the spy master and you have a set of spies out in the field and you're trying to um get them back into safety by calling their code names and you basically have some sort of uh, like card in front of you that highlights which of the that grid of cards are the code names that you trying to get and then which ones the opponent tries to get so the two spy masters can see that at the same time so it's like you know blue and red i think are the colors and what do you have to do to your opponent well not to your team rather and the opponents actually can listen uh, give them a clue a combination of a word and a number and the word basically you're trying to describe something that gives you clues to hopefully several words that are out in front of you so for example there might be dog cat and mouse out there so you might and if those are the three code names that you need to get for your um, spies um, you might say animal three and then hopefully people will you know the, your team will guess dog cat and mouse um, there might not because there might be also lion out there um, so you have to be quite clever what you do obviously but that example is really straightforward in reality the words are a bit more mixed up and you have to think okay um, there might be train and bridge and coal out there so maybe you think of 
saying railway three and hope that someone gets train and bridge railway bridge and coal you know, that's what you know railways need i don't know so you have to be quite clever about it but at the same time the opponent's team listens in so if your team doesn't guess all the clues they might work out which ones it should have been which means if it's the opponent's team's card that obviously rules out that it's their card for them and so between the two teams you can obviously rule out what should be your cards and what should be the opponents and and that gives clues so you have to be careful what clues you give so you don't give too much away to the other team but it's yeah it's one of those things again a bit like the mind you're trying to work out what what your team might think of if you give them a clue and a number would they get it and you usually have only so many turns because as soon as the other team gets their code names all <laughs> called out correctly, they win. Um, so you're competing that. So you sometimes to be clever and think, all right, let's see if I can connect four or five words. A bit more risky, but at least that puts us ahead and things like that. And again, really easy to really teach once you have it in front of you and you see how it goes. Everyone gets it pretty quickly. And again, anyone can play it. I think even, again, children can play that. You know, they, they, they might find it a bit hard to connect some of the words, but even if they're just on the guessing side, they'll get it. And um, yeah, great family mm -hmm. game. One of those things you can set up quickly and play quickly and just have <laughs> lots of fun. So another word game yeah. here. <laughs> um, I'm glad you had to, you explained it rather than me. I think it's hard to explain without having the board in front of you. Because <laughs> when it's in front of you, you can point at yeah. the cards, go see this word connects these. That's what we're doing. But uh, yeah, good job at explaining yes. it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will point out that if you play Codenames Duet, that the words are more difficult. CGE confirmed that to me yeah. because I, I was like, these are terrible. Right. I had a really hard time with the duet version <laughs> versus the regular. <laughs> so be warned, playing it just for two is harder but I love code names. I think yeah, it's a fantastic pick for Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah. it's such a clever little game as well. And then there's like different versions. Like there's a yes. picture version as mm -hmm. well. And like I think that's like a Disney version yep. or something. But yeah, there's different versions. Yep. So if you want something specifically, maybe for children, maybe choose choose one of those. Yep. But as I say, I reckon even just the standard code names, yep. you know, Good quite stuff. wide age range uh, can play yeah, quite easily. Fantastic. So no right so 11. 11th day of yes. christmas um so on the 11th day of christmas my true love gave to me tang gardens nemesis nine battle cons eight camelops seven sea is drifting six dice are rolling five joan of arcs four cryptid three saikatsu two wits and waiters and a copy of my city Yay. I keep forgetting the numbers when I read my yeah. list. I'm like, am I supposed to say the numbers? And then I'm like a couple down. I'm like, I'm missing a syllable. Um, so yeah, so this is um, this is what I'm calling like my Carcassonne pick. So this yeah. is the game that I think is incredibly chill. It's very relaxed, but it's ridiculously, ridiculously good looking. And this is Tang Gardens. So Tang Gardens is a game in which you are building a garden. So you do, in fact, lay tiles, kind of like Carcassonne. But you have little models that you need to place out on the boards and they'll want to see particular things in the garden to score your points. So you need to build the garden in such a way that it'll work out when you place your little person out that they can see all of these things. So there are things like trees, there are ornaments, there are types of land, and then there's landscapes as well. And of course, your opponent is doing the same thing. So they're too trying to line up things for for their characters it is a very chill and very lovely game it is flawed 
but that hasn't entirely turned me off it. And the reason for this is that, so these characters are looking for things out on the board, but they're in the terms of symbols. And the problem with this game is it is so, so beautiful that everywhere it could have made it easier to read these symbols, it just chose to put beautiful art instead. So it's difficult sometimes to see the small little symbols that are on your card and see where they are out on the board. However, I, I didn't ruin the game entirely for me. It definitely, I, I, I play Tang Gardens knowing it might have had this problem. So maybe that made it a little, little bit easier. But you know what? I just enjoyed the gameplay so much. It's just, a, um, if anybody's ever played Takedo yeah. or something yeah. like that, it's just very zen. It's very calm. It's very lovely. And all of the pieces are beautiful. Like the models are gorgeous. You have these little pagodas that you put your people out in to, to see all the vistas that's in front of them. Mm. Um, and it takes about 30 to 40 minutes to play. And all of it is just, it's all so lovely. There's some something nice yeah. about it and i thought i thought i wouldn't enjoy it so much because it really is just a game of symbol matching really that's what it is you build things out and match the symbols but um it's just it's just nice i think that's the best way to put it and i, I i've played a good few games of it now and i wasn't sure if i would <laughs> or not um but i just yeah it just it it's wormed its way into my heart it might be because it's so pretty but i think this is lovely for christmas because Sometimes it's just nice to take a bit of quiet time because normally when you play board games, right, everything's busy. I'm getting victory points. I'm getting my resources. I'm doing this, that, the other. This is just, I'm placing the tile where it needs to be placed. And now I can see the things. Like, it's just a different type of game. And I have nothing else like that in my collection. So I think it stands out because it's so quiet. Yeah. And that's why I like it. And it's there for, for Christmas. Also, I think if you were to show it to family and friends, everyone would drool all over it and want to play it. It's got that, it's got that factor, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you know, that factor where people see the things they're like, Ooh, what's that? It's shiny. It's got the wow. shiny factor. Yeah. 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 Shame. It's so you flawed. Shame. <laughs> but yeah, so that's number, my number 11 is Tang Gardens. Tang Gardens. Nice. We need Tang a Zen Gardens. game now and again. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So. Mm-hmm. Coming to the last day of Christmas now, the 12th day of Christmas. Let's see what I've kept for last, or is it first? Who who knows? So, on the 12th day of Christmas, my true love sent to me 12 mystic veil. I've done it wrong again. 11 code names, 10 Nien Far, 9 times the mind, 8 times heartbreak, 7 carcassonne, 6 times splendor, 5 games of chai, 4 quacks of quaglin, 3 dice for time, 2 games of wingsman, and many rounds of the crew. Yay! You Never stuck mind. it out. I you stuck to... it out. That's the important yeah, bit. You got say, to the just, end. Just we are not it. professional singers, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. So let's hear your favorite so, yeah. pick. Mystic Veil is another deck builder card game. <laughs> mm. I think I'm just yeah. looking back over my list. There's quite a few card games in here, but yeah, <laughs> yeah Mystic are. Veil is is one of those interesting ones. So again, think Star Realms. You you have a deck of cards that you start with. You're trying to improve it. You draw through cards that allow you to buy other cards. Hopefully, that makes things better. But rather than just replacing whole cards, you are actually adding to your existing cards. So imagine like a a sleeve that has pre-printed. A, a a card almost on it and each sleeve is actually divided into three sections top middle and bottom so maybe the top is printed with a coin value i mean i'm not going to go into all the details here or the middle might be printed with some sort of well there's like not a tag but you basically get what they call spoiled fields if you have too many negative symbols you spoil your field and you can't draw anymore so there's a bit of pushy luck but we'll get to that in a minute so yeah imagine <laughs> a sleeve divided into three sections one section is pre-printed and then you can buy cards and each card again is divided into three sections one of the sections is printed with something so you can slide the card into your sleeve if there 
if obviously there's room in that section with that card you're sliding in and then that card is obviously now more powerful as i said there is certain symbols that basically ruin your card draw so you basically draw cards from your from your deck and then you can keep drawing as much as you like until you have three spoiled symbols on there then and then you basically have spoiled the field and you basically missed your turn if you have two on there you're okay and you can basically carry on and then obviously some cards allow you to neutralize these sort of negative things and there's various other things there's also veil cards that give you other bonuses but yeah imagine basically a sort of traditional deck builder but the really clue here so the difference here is that you have card sleeves that you update so that your cards get more and more powerful that way rather than replacing whole cards but the principle is the same mm-hmm. artwork again is beautiful um sort of fantasy fantasy based you know mystic veil mm-hmm. that sort of the clues in the title <laughs> and again plays quite quickly a lot of fun it can be very strategic the more you play it the more you realize the sort of combos you could do and the likelihoods of what cards you should go for at what point in the game and mm-hmm. as you play as well usually it's like a, a point where you flip from trying to get lots of money to buy more cards to actually getting points rather than investing in more money at what point do you sort of pivot round is, is up to you and every card every game can be slightly different and the cards come out obviously differently as well so yeah it's it's just one of those games I quite enjoy playing it on Yakata quite a lot. It's just one of those games you can just play, take a turn, and then come back to it later and and play some more. Um, so yeah, Mystic Veil for me is my number twelve game. Number twelve. I uh, I have to ask you: yeah. Have you ever played it in person? I have. Yeah. So that's yes. where it's all started. A friend of mine got it oh, right. when it came. I think soon after it came out, and mm. just had the base base game. Uh, and I think he bought an expansion, and we started playing yep. that. And then. Um, you know, we didn't actually get to play it since, but I started playing it on Yakata yeah. and mm-hmm. you get sort of same experience there. I really enjoyed cool. that. Yeah, no, I was wondering that because I think one of my, I like Mystic Veil vale as well. I have, I had it when it came out originally, but our, my biggest issue with it was having to unsleeve your cards at the end of yeah. the game. Yeah. And you had to <laughs> unsleeve your deck every time. That's why I was like, if you've already played it online, it must do it for you. How cool. Um, so you yeah. don't have to do that fiddly no. stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a very yeah, cool yeah. game and you're right. It's very, very pretty. I think if you like deck builders, it's an interesting one. The fact that you could modify your yeah. cards um, to build your deck however way you like is super cool so that's a really yeah. good pick i hadn't thought you was that you would bring Thank up you. something like that so that's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> mystery 12th a 12th game yeah ah, yeah okay so so what is your 12th day of christmas game <laughs> big, big breath read from the diaphragm 12 <laughs> kickstarter projects 11 time gardens 10 nemesis's nine bottle guns eight camel up seven z is drifting six dice are rolling five Joan of Arcs Four Cryptid Three Saikatsu Two Wits and Wagers And a copy of my city Oh, that Yay. might have been my best one, but yeah, well uh, the last one. So as you may good. have noticed, I, I left it very ambiguous. I just had Kickstarter projects. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying this is because um, now is a really nice time of year, I think, to back something on Kickstarter coming up to Christmas, especially stuff from smaller okay. designers and things like that. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to buy something that's helping somebody else all in the spirit of Christmas? Um, and apart from that, why don't you just buy yourself a gift now that you'll get in the future? You're getting future you a present by backing something yeah. on Kickstarter right now. Because it's it's the place now where there's all sorts of cool and unusual games that you can come across that you wouldn't normally see in a shop 
shop and you're mm. having a direct effect in a lot of cases, okay, apart from the big companies, on an actual individual who wants to see their game made. Yeah. So I think it'd be a really nice thing to spend your money on this Christmas instead of buying something, you know, that you might, I don't know, have gotten anyway. Pick something up that's special and might mean something to somebody. Yeah, all in the whole kind of Christmas spirit. Um, so that that's very what nice. I was thinking. Yeah, no, it's very good. <laughs> Kickstarter is a nice way to give back to people and still get stuff yourself. So it Definitely. all works out. <laughs> yeah, support the smaller Kickstarter <laughs> campaigns for sure rather than the big ones. Yeah. I mean, do those as well if you, if you mm. want the game, of course. But it's nice <laughs> yeah. to see actually you know who is behind mm-hmm. it as well and maybe get get to know them in yeah. a way you know see their journey with the with the game yeah. that they're making sometimes you ha- even can mm-hmm. have some influence there quite often now you like to have like stretch girls where people actually make suggestions yeah. of the next character or you know the colors or yeah. all sorts of things mm-hmm. and you can see as i say how, yeah. what, what they're going through and then you can actually help them make their dream come true and hopefully mm-hmm. become the next yes big designer going forward and then <laughs> create more and more games so we've yeah. seen that happening where you know one game mm-hmm. led to another and led to another so another do that that's definitely right. mm-hmm. well that's yeah, lovely so that's end thinking. to finish on <laughs> the idea of giving to the small people and you know the local shops as well yeah. the local friendly game store mm. if they're around yes you know once they're allowed to open again yes. maybe pop around get something from them rather than from the big resellers yeah, who but, you know have millions yeah, of pounds exactly. already <laughs> help everybody out it's the time of year for it and yeah. you know and it's always nice to think your money's going to a good cause as well so that's right, definitely yeah. worth doing mm-hmm, for sure so we made it we have so <laughs> i think this have. is a nice time to finish as well i i hope we've it given you all some ideas of what <laughs> games you might play hopefully there's still time to get them yeah. or at least get them out of your cupboard mm-hmm. if you already have them and and if you are yes. able to see friends and mm-hmm. family then great play it with them mm, you know enjoy. we all hope that there is you know the possibility that we can mm. do it safely and sensibly but obviously yes, yeah do what's right for you and, and think about um you know what's right for the people mm. you're seeing and all that but yeah try and have yeah. a good time at christmas even if it's just with the people yes. you know close to you at home yeah. and play some mm-hmm. lovely games so yeah wishing you all like a wonderful christmas um from both of uh, both of us here i hope it's 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 happy it's prosperous i know the world isn't the way we'd like it to be right there but let's we'll make the best of it we'll play some great games we'll have some nice food um you know and we'll look after each other yeah so that's that's my christmas (laughs) message that i didn't know i had inside me (laughs) and i think this is also the time to thank all of you listening to our podcast i know some of you probably become regulars Mm -hmm. so hello to all of you if you've just tuned in for the first time then you know there's a few other episodes i think 23 episodes that you can listen to we won't go back because we're embarrassed listening to the first episode because it's um, shameful we had quite a few things we've interviewed people we had these types of you know sessions we had like a special Mm -hmm. readers questions episode as well so have a look through on the website tabletopinquisition.com and see what's there and then if you like us you know subscribe to this podcast give us some stars after all it's christmas leave a review go to our website share with friends and say how wonderful we are and um yeah (laughs) merry christmas whatever you do and also i think happy new year as well from both of us yeah exactly and a happy new year too we'll see you on the other side people See you then. <laughs> yeah, we'll see Merry you then. Christmas. Take care, everybody. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.